6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. All right. Uh, I wanted to get to our next conversation here as we continue to watch what is happening at the Coots border crossing and in Ottawa and look ahead to what uh, with with more protesters expected to arrive in Ottawa and in Toronto this weekend. There's concerns being raised about the impact that it's having on, on people personally and industry. Canadian beef producers say they're worried uh, and, you know, the impact on on their bottom line and, and the cost to them, along with the Alberta and Saskatchewan Division of the Canadian Manufacturers and Exporters Association. Uh, they're worried about it as well. And in Ottawa, you know, of course, we're also hearing about some restaurants and stores that have had to shut down over the past week. And some are wondering what can be done to recoup any of the losses uh, for the city of Ottawa. As you heard Eileen mention that the cost so far to the city of Ottawa for policing what has been going on is over $3 million now. And city councillors there are looking at going after some of that $10 million that has been raised in that GoFundMe for the Freedom Convoy. Well, a tweet sent out by our next guest caught my eye. It said, quote, last paper I wrote in law school, the topic was whether protesters could be liable for civil damages arising from others failing to be able to fulfill contract obligations. I concluded they could. Obviously, I got an A. Paul Doroshenko is a criminal defense lawyer with Acumen Law in Vancouver. Hey, Paul, welcome back to the show. Nice to speak with you. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm really good. When we talk, uh, first off, when we talk about civil damages, just to make sure everyone knows, you know, what we're talking about here, there are three different kinds of civil damages. Can you explain to us what they are, what civil damages are? Well, the civil damages in this case would be the the cost uh, uh, that arises as a result of the acts of somebody doing something wrong. So, I mean, we often think of like a car accident. You have a car accident. Mm -hmm. If it's your fault, your insurance covers you. But, you know, there's a there's a basically a wrong that you've committed if it's your fault and the the insurance company pays for it. Um, If you uh, you know, if you drive over your neighbor's fence or you do something like that, again, you know, it's something that you're paying for. So there's negligence and then there's intentional acts. And we call these things torts. Um, And there's various different, you know, manners you could sue. You can imagine Say, you know, Pepsi decided to park its trucks in front of Coke's gate one day just so Coke couldn't get its trucks out. We'd all look at that and say, of course, you know, Coke can sue Pepsi for the loss. If it's $100,000 a day, then, you know, Pepsi has to pay it. Um, this, of course, is distinct from from your charter rights. So you've got a charter right of freedom of expression. And the charter of rights protects your relationship between you and the government. Right. But it doesn't protect your relationship between you and a private party who you're injuring by your actions. Mm. You had said, you know, it's important to remember protesting doesn't provide legal immunity. (laughs) Well, yeah, it doesn't. So, I mean, these fellows who are blocking or, you know, people who are blocking the road in uh, in Coots, uh, there's all of these companies that are suffering damages and they could normally expect to be able to use the highway. And imagine if you've got to deliver something to Calgary and part of your uh, part of your contract is that it's got to be delivered on time and if you fail to deliver it on time you're in violation of the contract well i mean the damages can be hundreds of thousands millions of dollars you have no idea uh, but you know it's an intentional act blocking the road maybe you're not going to be charged with mischief for blocking the road because you have a, a, a charter uh, protection there 
maybe will be, and you can rely on your charter rights when you get to court, but you can't rely on those charter rights when it comes to the damages suffered by a third party that you are are injuring by your actions of blocking the road. What about, you know, things that we've heard about, you know, the restaurants and, and, and coffee shops and those stores, let's say, in Ottawa who, who haven't been able to open or are afraid to open? Would that fall in, in the same area, do you think? Well, uh, there's actual interference with their business, right? So there's a wrong being committed. Uh, these people are blocking and parking on the road and sounding their horns and, and causing a nuisance. Um, there's a wrong being committed. It's causing actual interference. They know what they're doing. You know, it's intentional. So, yeah, I mean, I think there's certainly the potential there to sue. And, and the interesting thing is, you know, in, in a lot of circumstances, like the border at Coots, it's easy to figure out who's there, right? Yeah. License plates and Facebook and all of that information. You could sue them all and you could collect from anyone. So when we had the hockey riot here, the Insurance Corporation of British Columbia, which insures the cars in British Columbia, uh, sued, you know, 50 people might have their hands on that car as they rolled that car and lit it on fire. They sued every individual there and they could collect from any one of them. Hmm. I know uh, the, the, the the fellows who were uh, the people who were defending themselves in those circumstances were saying, "Well, look, you know, I was one of forty-five people. Well, it doesn't matter. You were in there, and you were uh, contributed to the damage, and you pay whoever they can collect from." So, how difficult though is it? I mean, to collect though from those folks. Well, that's the thing. So people keep mentioning these other circumstances. Okay, in Vancouver, for a long time, we used to have what were called critical mass protests where cyclists would take over the street. Mm. Now the cyclists were allowed to use the street. They were impeding traffic, but they were allowed to use the street. It was for a fairly short period of time. And there's lots of people who were put out. People missed their ferries to get to a wedding and, and packages weren't delivered and things like that. Who are you going to sue in those circumstances and how much would it be? Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you know, they were also lawfully using the road. They weren't parking on the road. So, you know, the issue is who are you going to sue? Well, it's pretty easy when you can find somebody who's got a semi-trailer truck with a company name yeah. on it. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I go back and, 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 and you're not just picking on, you know, the, the folks at the border or the folks in Ottawa. You look at this at, as, as protests uh, across the country, depending on what they are. And, you know, some people are saying, OK, well, you know, what about why? Why didn't anyone sue with the rail blockades a, a number of years ago? I mean, I guess someone has to start it, right? Someone has to get it going. Well, I mean, the, the railway company, CN and CP, if they were blocked, they could have sued. Uh, they may have made a strategic decision not to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, they may have come to the conclusion that the people they would sue would never be able to to pay the judgment. Um, you know, they likely came to a conclusion that it wasn't in their best interest to be suing people in circumstances of that sort of uh, protest, but mm-hmm. uh, it's a, it's a little bit different when you're you know your company you're a small private company and you can't absorb the damages that have been incurred. Paul Doroshenko joining us this afternoon. It's 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 interesting, Paul, hearing uh, Ottawa City Council talking about uh, the potential of going after that uh, GoFundMe uh, cash because of you know the cost to the city so far. You know when you when you hear that, what goes through your mind is is could could that happen? Could something happen with that uh, on that? It's because so- I don't know how the GoFundMe thing would work. Well, I mean, there's so many steps down the road to get to that. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of it's kind of a, a distant thing. You'd have to you'd have to file a suit. You'd have to somehow have that money frozen at GoFundMe while the 
lawsuit was underway and then you'd have to go establish your damages. I mean, that's a complex one. And it seems more likely than not that the taxpayers of Ottawa are going to be the ones who are on the hook. But again, if you've got a truck that's parked there and they're sounding their horn all Mm -hmm. night long, you just as a citizen of Ottawa can sue that uh, whoever's operating that truck in nuisance. Yes. Uh, You know, it's your enjoyment of your of your of your home or to operate your business. And and all you need to do is establish the evidence. It's not that difficult to do when the truck's parked right there. Paul, one more question for you on on all of this. We've been hearing a lot about, you know, why don't uh, the police just get in there and, and, you know, uh, get her done more or less. And and, um, a number of people saying, hey, you know what, we don't need injunctions yet. Even Premier Kenny here in Alberta said, you know, we, we don't need to do that. What does an injunction do? Uh, well, the interesting thing here, of course, is is that it looks like there's a real double standard. Um, you know, everybody was ready to to uh, rush out and and seek some sort of uh, remedy when it was indigenous blockades of railways. Uh, what does an injunction do? I mean, it's basically it's it's a order from the court um, that people have to comply with the order. And so right now, you might be committing mischief by being parked in the middle of the road or some other offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they would have to establish this offense. Once you've got a court order, if you don't abide by the court order, you right there are committing an offense. You're in contempt of court. Ah. So it just makes it, it's just that one step easier for them. But, you know, it looks to me like in Coots that everybody there is committing an offense. They're blocking a road and it is, is mischief. Uh, the, the, uh, whether or not they would ultimately be successfully prosecuted is a different thing because they have the defense of freedom of expression. But could they be on the hook for everybody's bills? Yep. And I'd be worried about that. I'd be sitting there. If I was sitting in my truck blocking the road down there, I'd be thinking to myself, gee, you know, I could lose the family home and the farm and my truck and my business and everything. Uh, You know, this is a little bit too long to be sitting here. It's one thing to go for a protest. It's another thing to be causing damage to people in your community. Paul Doroshenko joining us this afternoon. Always appreciate your legal mind. Thank you for this. Nice to speak with you. Have a good day. Yeah, take care. Uh, Paul is a criminal defense lawyer with Acumen Law in Vancouver.